0: Welcome to the Yellow Balloons Podcast, a collection of teachings to help you navigate the transformational possibilities of a God-centered perspective. We pray these insights from Scripture will inspire and encourage you. We begin by wrapping up some conclusions from our previous episode concerning the life of Noah. Then, we continue to examine the characters in the Hall of Faith, touching on the life of Abraham before settling in to focus on Moses. One of the pillars of the story of God in the world, Moses makes intentional choices about the source of power he trusts. In many ways, the faith of Moses lays a framework that will be perfected in the life of Jesus Christ.
1: We started a little, uh, kind of a little theme that I'm going to continue today. I like it a lot. Uh, I'm going to add to it just a little bit, but just to review where we started, we have a uh, the idea, of perspective in this Hall of Faith s- segment. Uh, we've, got, we've been talking about a triangle. We've got me on one corner of the triangle, man on another corner of the triangle, and God on the third corner. And we have to make a fundamental decision who we want to please in life. Do we want to please man? Do we want to please God? Last week we added another component, which is a time frame and we used the uh, concept of uh, payday loan. So do we want to live a payday loan life? And what would the alternative be maybe? Live for uh, long-term riches perhaps, let's call it. Uh, So we said that if you have like a get paid every two weeks and and you get paid on Friday, uh, if you go to get your payday on, on Wednesday, you're actually giving up 20% of your pay just to have it now, which is a common uh, perspective. We went into a prisoner's program, and they told us a story about helping prisoners reenter into the workplace, and they, they helped this guy get a job, and uh, they were really excited because he made it to his first payday on Friday, and Monday morning he didn't show up for work, so the guy that they'd placed him with Uh, the employer called the sponsors and said, hey, your guy didn't show up this morning. So they got in the car and went to see him. He opened the door and they said, you're not at work this morning. He said, I I got paid on Friday. I got paid on Friday and I paid my rent. I, I don't understand. So this is kind of the Payday loan perspective. And if you think about the Bible telling us our lives are like a wisp of vapor, in the economy of of forever, our entire lives and everyone in this room, we're somewhere between 8 o'clock Wednesday morning and payday time in our life. It's just not that long. So we looked at Noah, and Noah preached the gospel by building an ark. It was about a hundred-year gap there. Maybe he built it the whole time. Whatever period of time it was, it was a long time, he built the ark. In doing so, he was preaching the gospel. He obeyed God now, looking to the future. Accordingly, he was judged by men. But he was kept alive in the judgment. And And the hall of faith gives us this picture Of laying down our lives now being willing to be judged by men so that we can be approved by God the people in the Noah's time that were approved by men suffered the judgment of God Uh, in Genesis 12 God tells Abraham the Lord said to Abram get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land I will show you I will make you a great nation I will bless you and to make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, I will curse those who curse you, and in you all families of the earth shall be blessed. So here you got this 70-something-year-old man, what does it say? From 75 years old, and he's, he leaves his country. And he leaves his country because of three reasons they are, going to make a great nation. So he's 75, doesn't have any children. Is he going to see himself become a great nation in his lifetime? No. There's no way, right? And not only that, I mean, he's, he doesn't even know how in the world this is going to happen. It's just him, just him and Sarah. So, but in spite of that, he goes. Uh, he says, I'm going to make your name great. He's 75 years old. He's leaving everybody that knows him. Does that seem reasonable that in his lifetime his name's going to be great? Well, maybe, maybe in a different area, but you know, that's a that's a pretty big stretch. And in fact, his name did become great in his in his uh time, but nearly as great as it has become over time. And you shall be a blessing to the whole earth. Um <laughs> you know, these are pretty far out type promises. And Abram's response is, yeah, no problem, I'll go. So Abraham didn't live a payday loan life. He leaves everything he knows and goes out. Because of these promises, I'll make you a great name. I'll make you a great nation. You'll be a blessing to all the earth. And there's a whole lot more in the Bible about Abraham. But he, as the example of faith and living by faith, believing in the promise, it's really pretty spectacular. He leaves everything that he knows, everything he's comfortable with, and goes because of this promise. Now, in the Hall of Faith, we're going to end with the greatest member of the Hall of Faith, which is Jesus. We can peek ahead to Philippians chapter 2, which the pastor's been talking about. And it fits right into this. Let's look at Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. Let this mind be in you, me, which also was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven, those on earth, those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Do you see in this passage the same promises that God made to Abraham? Do you see them there? Do you see make you a great nation? Well, if every knee bows and every tongue confesses, what does that tell you? Everybody's submitting, not to God. Who are they submitting to? Jesus. What does that mean Jesus is? If everybody's submitting to Him, what does that mean He is? King of the whole world, right? You see a nation there? I'll make in you a great nation. Do you see I'll make in you a great name? What's it say? All nations. But what does it say about name? A name above every name. Okay, I'll make you a great nation. Jesus is above all nations. I'll give you a great name. How about all the families of the earth being blessed? Did his death on the cross bless anybody? It blessed everybody, right? And why did he do these three things? Why did he do these things? Why did he, why did he, he, uh, or why did he do this? Why did he, why did he suffer death on the cross? According to this passage. According to this passage, did he do it because he loved us? We know elsewhere that he did. Out of obedience. Okay, he, he, was, he was doing it in obedience. So you got the triangle and the, and the timeline both. He was rejected by men. He suffered the shame of men. And what he said about suffering that shame was, I don't give it any value at all. He despised the shame. And instead, he looked to God to please God. And he obeyed now. And because of that, he was elevated to have these three immense promises. And what we're going to see is what, what, he, what Hebrews chapter 11 is doing for us is it's telling us, I want you to have those same things. We're, we're given the same basic offer Abraham is. In Christ, we're given the same offer that Christ has to participate through him. So this is Hebrews 11, this hall of faith. Let's look at it today, Hebrews chapter 11. And what we're going to do today is move on to Moses. Moses. Hebrews 11, verse 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents. Because they saw he was a beautiful child, and they were not afraid of the king's command. What king's command are we talking about here? You remember? Yeah, yeah. Pharaoh had, had commanded what? All the midwives. Yeah, throw him, in the, throw him in the water, right? So the parents threw him in the water. He just happened to be in a boat. He's picked up by Pharaoh's daughter and is raised as a child of Pharaoh. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasure in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as being by dry land, whereas the Egyptians, attempting to do so, drowned. Now we could do a whole series just on this passage, but today we're just going to hit the highlights of Moses. Moses when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. So he left the privilege of being uh, in, in Pharaoh's household and instead chose to side with God. Now, let's look at the contrast here of what he had as a son of Pharaoh versus what he had as God's prophet leading the children of Israel out. So as Pharaoh's son... He had several things. What do you see here? Treasure, Treasure is in Egypt. And the third thing, of course, he has privilege. As, who is Pharaoh at this time in the world? Ruler of the world? Ruler of the world. Yeah, this is the most powerful nation on earth. And he's in the household of the most powerful person on earth. So he's got pleasure, riches, and power. Now, we could go to Leviticus 18 if we wanted to, and we could look at what this pleasure looks like, but let me just summarize it for you. Uh, In Leviticus 18, God says, Hey, you're leaving Egypt. Don't do what you saw them do in Egypt. Don't have sex with your mother. Don't have sex with your father's wife. Don't have sex with your sister. Don't have sex with your mother's daughter or your father's daughter, whether born in your house or whether born elsewhere. What's this, what is this telling you? They're looking, for loopholes. they're looking for loopholes. What else is it telling you about Egypt? They like sex. They like sex, and who do they have it with? <laughs> Pretty much everybody, right? Anybody that's in close proximity, they're having sex with them. And it ends with don't have sex with animals. Okay, this was a sex... Uh, what? Uh, Crazy's culture. So there's plenty of passing pleasures, and if you're a pharaoh person, what's going to be available to you? Anytime, any place, pretty much, right? So you've got power, wealth, and sex. Now what is held up as the ultimate thing that you want to have in our culture? Those three things, right? And Moses says to all three of those things, no thanks. And he chooses something else. What does he choose in this passage instead of passing pleasures of sin, treasures in Egypt, and being part of Pharaoh's household, money, power, sex? He chooses to suffer. Yeah, I'll take suffering again. Well, what kind of suffering? Affliction. The affliction of Christ. The affliction of Jesus, the reproach of Jesus. I'll take the reproach of Jesus instead. Why? What's his reasoning? I want to look for the reward. Okay, you see our paradigm here. You got the triangle there. Okay, if you're Pharaoh, if you're a Pharaoh household, even whether people like you or not, they gotta they gotta give you adulation, right? If they if if you don't, they might end up uh, building a pyramid. Uh And if you're in Pharaoh's household, um, you you have all these things available to you. And instead, he says, no, I want the reproach of Christ. So he's looking at God. And timeline-wise, I mean, he can have a lot of pleasure now and he says, I'll take something that's way out in the future again because it's a lot better. So here's our same basic paradigm. So then I think we have uh, a real uh, interesting question, which is that Moses chose, instead of the passing pleasures of sin, power, etc., he said, I think I'll take the reproach of Christ. Now, is Christ around at this point in time? No, so he's not looking at Christ at this point in time in the historical sense like we do. But he chose the reproaches of Christ. Now, what is the reproach of Christ? Well, first, let me make a point. Let's look at Deuteronomy 18. Let's start in 17. Deuteronomy 18, verse 17. And the Lord said to me, what they've spoken is good. What they had just spoken is, we don't want to hear the voice of God uh, or see this fire anymore unless we die. This is Mount Sinai type stuff. And he says, I will raise up for them a prophet like you. So this is God speaking to Moses. I will raise up for them, the nation of Israel, a prophet like you, Moses, from among their brethren, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command them. Okay? So, so here you've got... Um, Here you've got the people coming and saying, "Uh, let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, nor let me see this great fire anymore lest I die. So they're hearing the voice of God, and God comes and says, that's good, that's good, that's good. I'm with them all the way. What I'm going to do is I'm going to raise up somebody else like you. I'm not going to speak from heaven with fire and lightning and all that. I'm going to raise somebody up like you, and they'll tell you the word. Okay, so here we have. Who is that, by the way? Who did he raise up, like Moses? Joshua. Uh, no. Um, Sort of Jesus. Yeah, this is this is Jesus. This is a, Jesus is a parallel of Moses. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, Doctor Anderson says that the Book of Matthew emphasizes parallels with the Book of Deuteronomy. It's kind of a, it's kind of a. If you follow Deuteronomy, you can follow Matthew, and they actually lay lay down. Some, uh, uh, Side by side, and and part of what Matthew is trying to do in his gospel is prove the point: this is fulfillment of Deuteronomy 18. Well, and look at it. What what did Moses do? What's what's Moses most famous for? Ten Commandments, right? Giving the law. He spoke the word with authority. Did Moses say, "Uh, um, "You know, this is what Hammer Rabbi said, so we need to do say"? Well, where did where did Moses get his authority? Yeah, he's, I, God gave me this and I'm giving it to you, right? What was it that they were amazed at Jesus about, the people uh, with His teaching? He spoke with, he spoke with authority, yeah. Because the way rabbis talk is they say, um, Rabbi KC Rabbi says, and Rabbi Brandon says, and Rabbi Jonathan says, and I say. That That was their way of teaching. And Jesus never did that. He just says... This is the way it is. And the people marvel. Well, he, he speaks like he has authority in and of himself. Uh, we're getting to know a guy who is an is a, uh, apologist to Orthodox Jews. He grew up himself as an Orthodox Jew. And he I are actually watching this DVD that he did on this. It's really fascinating. And what he's doing in order to witness to Orthodox Jews about Jesus is he's going and taking the words of the 1st and 2nd century B.C. Uh, rabbis and what they said about Jesus, which just lays straight down with who He is. And he says, if you go to a, um, an Orthodox Jewish person and say, let me tell you about my life, my testimony, that kind of works in our world, right? And to them, that's like, so, who are you? Or if you tell them, look, read this Bible purse here. So you see what it says? They're like, so? Who are you? So you've got, you got to appeal to authority. And the authority has precedent. It's almost like a, a court case, you know, where you have to have precedent of other people. That's the way the Jewish mind thinks. Well, that's the way, that's the way they thought with Jesus too. And they said, well, you teach like somebody's got authority. Well, well that's because he was the guy who had come down from the mountain. Just like Moses did. And he's saying, let me tell you. So we got Moses, Jesus, their parallels.
0: This teaching will continue in the following episode. Thanks for listening to the Yellow Balloons podcast. If you want more information on adopting a God-centered perspective, visit our website at yellowballoons.net. And if you have any questions related to what you just heard, we would love to hear from you. Please email us at contact at Thanks for listening.